1: I'm Richard Porter and I'm Johnny Smith and this is Smith and Sniff a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and this week Dad's hoarding car parts.
0: I uh, I'm just can't stop thinking about Puff the vaping dragon now and uh, what what puff the vaping <laughs> dragon may or may not be like. is that his, that's his street name. Is Puff. this because
1: I told you the story about my mate who came round and was trying to have a cheeky vape without my children noticing? And yeah. And then he came back into the garden... Well, and yeah, it like his head was on fire. <laughs> but they didn't notice, thankfully, because I was going to go, "Oh no, don't worry about him, He's just a, he's a dragon. Well, he's that's a, dragon.
0: It's a far less successful way of disguising um, smoke than in the old days of the ember shielding, yeah. as we both have <laughs> t- talked about before. you know you're smoking inside the hand, yes and you just put it, and you're putting the hand up to the mouth very briefly, and then you're, you're, sides, you're side exiting like a... like a dodge viper. Yeah, like a Dodge Viper. You're forcing the smoke out of the side and at quite a cute angle. I'm doing it as I'm talking to you, like that. And then and then you're the kids are all... Because it's a party atmosphere, so the kids aren't really fixating on the subject, and it's all fine. And because he's shielding
1: yeah. constant. <laughs> I say he, it could be a lady. I, I can't remember the last lady I saw shielding an ember. I don't... Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a woman shielding a tab in the accepted shieldy way. <laughs> I really don't think I have.
0: <laughs> it's maybe it is just a gender-specific style. Shield it. It's the it's the crafty it's the crafty shielding. And my um, my uncle used to go into the garage to like. I don't know, arrange the paint pots or something and used to come out like, you know, like a scene from uh, Tonight Matthew, (laughs) I'm going to be (laughs) Elvis Presley. (laughs) I'm sorry, Tonight Matthew, I'm going to be Benson and Hedges.
1: (laughs) 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 Welcome, what a wonderful show we've got for you tonight because it's a John Player special. (laughs) Oh yes, it's Saturday
0: night John Player special and what, what, when, it, when, when, I re- when we all realised what he was doing, we'd, I'd, go, I'd go in there because I knew he had loads of car parts. So he'd come out like, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be, and he'd, go, he'd come out and he'd go, oh, look, I've got a Triumph 2000 alternator. I completely forgot. I haven't owned a Triumph 2000 <laughs> since 1983. Oh, that's really cool. And this was pre, pre-Ebay, so those parts, I don't know, might have got weighed in. I don't know. Or just put back. Or, or just put, just put, 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 put back, back. Where they thing. came from? Yeah. Well, I need that. Why would you need that? You don't need it. You know, my dad. My my, my dad's still got bits bits for our old family cars that we don't own. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: That's super dad behaviour, isn't it? Cause that is
0: extreme dad.
1: When we cleared out our old family home, where my dad was moving, um. I was just, the garage was awash with stuff, and I, we had a skip, and I was just clearing stuff out, because we had to get it get it moved, because Dad was moving into a much smaller place, mm-hmm. and in the back of the overhead cupboards in the garage, right at the back, there was a little box, like a cube cardboard box, with BMC branding on it, oh. and I looked inside, and it had the switch, dashboard switch, for a 1960s Mini in it wow lovely little thing and I went dad why was there a switch for a 1960s mini in the back of the cupboard you haven't owned a mini for 40 plus years and he went yeah that's why it was at the back (laughs) he's a man of logic rich well the worst thing is as well because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and the mini switch doesn't go away that <laughs> um, i i thought it was such a lovely box and such a nice switch within it although they are probably i mean you probably get a few quid for them can't you for because it's a, if it's, it's 60s a, yeah but, um i kept it and it's now it's now on top of a bookcase in my office because um i couldn't bear to throw it away and i didn't want to sell it uh but but yeah my dad had kept and he would got He got uh, Haynes manuals, obviously, for cars that are long gone, and a, a service... My dad was an engineer, so he had quite a logical brain, though... Not logical enough to throw away bits he didn't need, but but he. I think it's that sort of wartime mentality almost. You know, people have. It's completely my parents' generation. It was instilled into them. My dad was born just before the Second World War, so he'd sort of grown up with make do and mend. And I think that attitude extended into the fifties, didn't it? Because there was still rationing and people didn't have a lot of. Oh, fifties was
0: tight, yeah, in Britain. Yeah, Yeah. fifties
1: was very sort of light grey, wasn't it?
0: It was a bit light grey when you when you when you look at it compared to what happened in the in the 60s it was starkly different
1: yeah we we sort of you know how our memories of the past or our virtual memories of eras in which we didn't live are probably tempered a little bit by photos and footage we've seen of those eras and so you sort of assume that everything pre the late 60s was black and white and of course it wasn't and when you see a colour photo or a colourised photo it kind of scrambles your brain a little bit yeah it does well, I genuinely it does. feel like the 50s wasn't very colourful even if you could see it in colour
0: I think it was um, monochrome I think everyone's eyes evolved in the 60s it co- possibly could have been special tablets and then everyone could see in colour all of a sudden it's <laughs> on your tongue mate you'll see the colours and then well, all, all billboards had more colour in them
1: yeah True story, though, that in the 50s, or maybe even the late 40s, but I think it was the 50s, Renault hired a famous French artist to revamp the colour palette that they offered on their cars because they realised that basically all their cars were grey or a different grey or maybe black. Black, And they, yeah. they got this artist in and, and she went, right, let's do yellow and blue and red, and that's how they sort of ushered in a new era of things being in colour. But, um, yeah, where were we? Oh, yeah, no... Um, oh, I like that, I like that. The, the, one of the best things I found in our old garage as I was clearing it out a few years ago was this massive sheet of cardboard on which my dad had drawn up a service schedule for my mum's Vauxhall Chevette.
0: <laughs> what? Well, well How big was this handy, board?
1: Uh, it was... Like A0? Uh, sort of a... Hey, no, <laughs> no. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't super detailed. It wasn't. It was. It was. It, I didn't have diagrams. It was just a, a chart. So it was basically, you know, sort of saying every. I mean, God, old cars needed a, more servicing. Didn't they So probably like every five thousand miles, change the filters, and then yeah, every ten thousand miles. Yeah, that's it. I think it had some sort of because my dad would always err on the side of caution, being an engineer. You know, yeah, he, he, he'd, me he'd like too. A, Mine too. He'd like an oil change, oh. um, and. And he, but yeah, it was probably a three, and he'd drawn up a schedule.
0: My dad loved the grease gun the, on all the yes. suspension points because he said it's so much easier to keep them lubed than to replace them when they've when they've worn out.
1: Because kingpins were a, notoriously a bastard to do. But your and dad then, was an engineer too, wasn't he? Or oh, still it? Yeah, he
0: was. No, he's he's retired. He's, he's long retired now. But yeah, he was a, he was a structural engineer. So he did he specialised in bridge structures and stuff like that. He, he, he was never into performance cars. I think we've had this chat before, but he, I remember it, there's a photo somewhere that I've got to get a copy of that on on site when they were building the M5 motorway, which yeah. is why he ended up in the West Country from Leicestershire. Um, they used uh, Land Rovers, which would have been, what, Series 2s, I think, um, but also a brace of Renault 4s. Really? Yeah, they bought one. <laughs> they bought one as a sight car, and they realised that its thin tyres and its sort of lightweight it could skitter across um, really muddy boggy surfaces without yeah. needing without needing much in the way of um, special tyres or whatever. So instead of investing in, you know, they were something like a quarter of the price of a Land Rover. Oh yeah. So they they decided to buy a whole gang of Renault Fours. And all they did is got the um, engineering department on site to make... A, Dad was saying they made new wishbones. They reinforced the front wishbones. So basically they turned them into shitty rally cars. The wishbones were, were, were triangulated and, um, and reinforced and it had a sump guard put on the front. Mm. Yeah. And, a, and, and, and he said people just used to drive them flat out across like really boggy um, surfaces. And one day, Dad was on site on his own and was doing a visit um, to to check one of the the bridge supports going in, and he was driving along quite quickly along kind of dirty gravelly road, and the road ended. No one had put the sign up to say they'd finished building the, that part of the road. <laughs> oh my god! And my dad did a proper kind of like you know cannonball run style. He went. It went off the the road and dropped about twenty feet, and just landed nose down in deep m- m- dirt mud Jesus. dirt silt and yeah destroyed the car i think and um he's got a photo he's got a black and white photo because he had his camera with him for surveying yeah he got he just got out and <laughs> took a photo of it <laughs> and uh it it's it's a very sad sight but he he still maintains he said uh, there was, there was one group of people on site who were always like no it's, it's a land rover or nothing only a Land Rover would do. And then there's the other school of thought was, well, hang on, Land Rovers get bogged down sometimes because they're too heavy. Once mm. their axles get buried, they're they're out. Um, so they go for the scuttlebug approach with the Renault 4s. And I think they, they did the same with later on in life. They might have got some Suzuki SJs, actually.
1: Well, even that feels like cheating because they're, they're jacked up. They're jacked know, up. Separate chassis, yeah. four-wheel drive. It's like, but, but taking yeah. a front-wheel drive car. yeah. But I was thinking about this actually last week after we talked about the um, Ineos Grenadier in the last show, and I noticed um, you've got to say it. say it in a much more colonial way. Oh, sorry, please. yeah. Ineos, Ineos, Ineos Grenadier. Is it too Ineos. early for a gin? <laughs> Go
0: close um, to the mic. In, the Ineos <laughs> Grenadier.
1: Grenadier.
0: <laughs> Ready for uh, all ex, ex, excursions, tourism, safari, bloody off-roading expeditions that sort of thing you know when I used to go to Tibet in the 1950s of course things were very different back then and uh Sorry, I'm very...
1: Yeah, sorry, so say something. I, this is not, not <laughs> i had some breakfast, Gen. you see. <laughs> uh, anyway, I noticed that the is now... They might, it might be built in the old smart factory in France, so um, this new Pride of Britain 4x4 is, in fact, an uh, Austrian-developed French-made car with a German engine, potentially. Anyway, we won't get back to I that. Was, I, was, I was
0: a bit shocked there. That's not a great PR spin. Wooden. it's not
1: is it no anyway um best of luck to them but uh the uh i was thinking about uh, people rarely need as much off-road ability as they think they need from cars like that Oh, you yeah. know, most people would sort of go oh i need a 4x4 because um yes we we often go on holiday to a lovely little cottage and it's up a gravel track oh you know, well yeah <laughs> but quite honestly a ferrari f40 could probably make it up the track that you're describing <laughs> and it's but I, I then set me thinking about where's the most incongruous place that you've seen a non-4x4 type car and Oh. I remembered a story that TV's Jeremy Clarkson tells of going on a Range Rover event in the 80s up in the I think the Alps and it was meant to show off you know how incredible the Range Rover is off-road still even though it's become more luxurious and everything and and, and off they go over these mountains and it's it is very <laughs> rocky and and quite challenging and they get to the top of this sort of off-roading <laughs> track and there was a Citroen BX there <laughs> A <laughs> to the horror of Land Rover PR, <laughs> I.
0: But that's really that's fairly commonplace in rural France and Italy mm. and, and actually Spain. You'll go somewhere very remote in your fully equipped car, and like you say, there's there's just a bloke with a singlet on in a Suzuki Alto, and he does it every yeah. day. <laughs> and <Yeah. can> you <laughs> yeah. with no with no specialist equipment? And you're like
1: what this is what, what you normally the... do yeah it's just not a problem man it just yeah why have you got that really heavy complicated four-wheel drive yeah. car you don't, you don't need that you should have got a suzuki Alto. actually just... i think every one of those countries well now actually i'm not sure every one of those countries does have its own mule car you know the one sort of workhorse because in italy traditionally i would say for the past 40 years it's been the panda four-wheel drive mm. or four by four call it what you will the old old panda and a little bit the new one, but it's almost a bit fancy. I guarantee you go to any part of rural Italy and there are old-school Panda 4x4s. And in France, it kind of was the Renault 4 and maybe a little bit of the 2CV. And then it became the Peugeot 205, I think.
0: Yeah, the 205 was is any card that you see hanging around a vineyard a lot with random bits of wood hanging out the tailgate Yeah, for doing, I don't know... Um, Repairs of 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 trellises. What? It's always a version two hundred five. It is always. And i the good thing about those is they're golf as well as they say in Somerset. They're golf. They're what? Golf. They got golf in them. Aren't they? they got golf in them.
1: Golf. I don't understand what you're saying.
0: Golf. Galvanized body. Oh, golf. 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 Yeah, you got golf. golf. They got golf. golf. So they're galvanized. They're golf. Yeah, those in the three hundred nines. Were they? I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's why They are
1: weirdly strong, aren't they? It's like they're very I strong. know two people who've had massive accidents in two hundred fives and walked away without serious injury. One of them, mate of mine, came off a a rural Welsh road at a bend and down into a field, rolling like a mother, sliced a telegraph pole in two. What? And uh, came to rest in a sort of ball of twisted metal in his two oh five. Back in the nineties, and, and he, he and he just got out. He got out and was later presented with an enormous bill from British Telecom for so like, <laughs> slicing one of their telegraph poles in <laughs> half. But the two hundred five took it, you know. And it's like, and I know someone else with quite a, a serious shunt in the two hundred five and just walked away. That's like they the, everything they were good. All the, all the trimmings. They were the absolute quintessential French car. In that, all the trimmings seemed a little flimsy and rattly. Yeah, but the hull was strong. The hull was strong. It was strong, and also.
0: Um, Pretty impressive um, selection of engines, actually. I mean, the two hundred and five. I know. It, I know lots of people say it's it's probably one of Peugeot's kind of master strokes in motorsport and in utilitarianism. But yeah, they they were they were galvanised. So that was that was the era when lots of people were still taking the piss out of French cars for being flimsy. But the two hundred and five was anything but. The Renault five was flimsy by comparison. I would say. Mm. Are and the just, Renault 5 wasn't galvanised. All the evidence you need is... I just keep thinking of Chemical Brothers' song every time <laughs> I say galvanised.
1: That's the problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> da, 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 but all da, the evidence da, da, you need da, da, is in da, the da. French
1: countryside, isn't it? It's, just, it's, it's a wash to this day, as far as I, I can work out. Hey, do you know another weirdly strong French car that sort of lived longer than people might expect, I think, was the Citroen Xantia. Oh, I like the Xantia. Yeah, I like the Xantia, And actually the... Um, the ZX, I like the ZX. I got time. The, for the ZX was um was sort of, and maybe even the Zara. They just felt it's like a, it's a weird era of French cars. You've driven, actually, you've driven one. You've driven, an, yeah. an
0: XM or
1: whatever they are. Uh, oh, an XM? No, I've never driven an XM. I've driven all the others. I could and, see, um,
0: I could see you with one of those if you ever what, got an XM. If you ever got a second home, that would, <laughs> I imagine you. I can imagine you and and, and Mrs. Porter in a a, a really highly appointed XM.
1: Uh, You see, if I had a second home in France, I think it's like, you know, we'd move in and go, right, there we go. go, go That's Okay. Oh, we've got some bread and cheese and wine. I think we're all set for the evening. I'm just going to pop out and buy an old 205, dear.
0: Oh, you'd have to. I'd have to. Yeah, you would. Just have
1: to. To blend in. But also, I think I'd enjoy it because they are quite fun to drive, aren't they? They are good fun to drive. Here is a question. Mahari or Moke? Ooh! If you had to. Well, now, I don't believe that Mokes are particularly good at driving down gravel tracks and things, but they're probably quite amusing, aren't they? I just don't believe Mokes are very good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just—I've never gelled with them. They don't quite look right. The ground clearance is too low because the A series is just stupidly tall engine.
1: Well, I mean vulnerable. hang on, don't be mean on the A series. It's not it's not a stupidly tall engine, it's just that someone decided to put the gearbox in the sump. Well, it's just a rubbish idea.
0: <laughs> you know how I listen, I've got to keep the prejudice up as a Beatle
1: owner. I have to oh, keep Yeah, I forgot yeah, about right. that, yeah. Yes. You've got to. So I my instinct is sort of funnily enough drawn to the Mahari which is yes. odd, because I like minis, but I, I, but I like two CVs. There's only one way to settle this. Fight! Do you know what? We went on a family holiday to France in a, in the late 80s. might have been like sort of 1987 or 88, and I used to... <laughs> Please tell me that you did this as well. If we would go to a foreign country... Well, I've never been holiday, to a foreign country with my parents. Ever?
0: No. My parents haven't been abroad since 1974.
1: You're joking.
0: No, I'm not joking. I mean, we've, we've never been on a family holiday to a foreign country as a family,
1: ever. I've never seen right. my parents outside of England. I feel like a bit of a ponce now for saying, well, of course, when one went on a foreign holiday. No, oni- uh, honestly, it's true. It, it, it's it's we, we no, did, that's I know, but lots of people did used to just go on holiday in Britain, didn't they? It, it's, it's yeah. still do, I guess. But <laughs> it's like, yeah, we we used to go, you know, abroad. And But when we go to a foreign place, I would ask my parents if we could call into some local car dealers so I could get some local brochures oh of course you did <laughs> that's so you hang on a minute I know when this French holiday was that I'm talking about now because you remember the brochures buckle up this is a big one we had a Talbot Solara at the time and oh. of course Talbot had since fizzled out while, while we had that car and I knew my parents were thinking about getting a new car and I Warsa also knew that they'd sort of become Talbot loyalists and that that loyalty <laughs> would probably bounce into Peugeot, Peugeot loyalty. Yeah, of and course. the Peugeot 405 had just been released, but not in the UK. It hadn't arrived in the UK yet. Oh. And that would have been 87, I guess. Summer yeah. 87. Yeah. And it was in French showrooms. And we drove past a Peugeot showroom in Normandy or Brittany or wherever we were on holiday. And it was quite near the house where we were staying, and so one day I asked my parents if we could call into the showroom and go and look at the four hundred five, and and they said yes.
0: Oh, Rich, that's and we so and sweet!
1: Looked. And we we talked to the salesman in in bad French about it, and oh, c'est le voiture très bon, n'est-ce pas, oui? And um, no, you just uh, you and, just, and just and spoke, spoke English, English loudly and slowly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <didn't> you? <laughs> now tell me more about this car. <laughs> Um, and I got a French 405 brochure and then spent the rest of the the holiday poring over it, trying to decode, you know, the equipment levels and stuff like that. And, uh, oh, qu'est-ce que c'est, les murs électriques uh, dans g <laughs> and upwards. Um, upwards? And then, but at the same time, I went to a Citroën. I think it might have been a Citroën garage next door. And we went in there to go and get some brochures because I was still a bit obsessed with 2CVs and you could still buy a new 2CV at that point. Of course and you then could, was, yeah. I was amazed to find that in the French Citroën range, they still... Still had the Mahari, yeah. It still it was still around in the in the mid to late eighties.
0: Well, I think because there was enough um, kind of hot parts of France and sea- mm. seaside all yachty bits of France where that's where they were they were king. And of course, they're glass fibre, aren't they? The Mahari are they? I'm pretty sure the Mahari's glass fibre with the with the steel floor pan with the with the two CV floor pan. So actually, well, I
1: guess yeah, because 2CV sort of pan could be. 2CV pan. In, it? Yeah, yeah, and of
0: course you can now replace floor pans with golf um 2CV Go. pans golf eyes golf galvanised. Golf, golf and um mm. and that's why I like the Mahari because it's cuz tis glass fiblier with that lovely bikini roof. I think it looks I think they look great. It's them or beach buggies for me. Moke Mokes can do one. Yeah. I mean the pris- it's got the prisoner thing going for it which I, which is very cool. Port Marion. I'd like to drive to Port Marion in a mini moke one day, just for cliches' sake. In fact, maybe you and I could do it together. Should we do that? Have a little well, holiday.
1: You see, I don't. I, I as I think, I don't have any interest in a moke in the UK. It just looks draughty to me. But I would love. I, I <laughs> could imagine. Imagine being like in Bermuda or something and zooming about in a moke. I'd be quite happy doing that. But yeah,
0: I know you mean. Do you don't want to? Do don't want to come to North Wales with me in a moke
1: with no sides. I'm gonna say Bermuda still but I uh, <laughs> see now beach buggies here's a weird one because I don't like Beatles very much as you know no but I did drive a beach buggy in Norfolk in fact so not anywhere hot and exotic but I very drove a beach hot. buggy a few years ago and um and, and it, it, I did find it quite good fun beach buggies are marvelous thing I mean that's why those iconic cars
0: like the TCV and the Beetle that's why almost one of the reasons why they became iconic because of the diversity you can create something that's, you know, a war machine, and you can create something that's a leisure machine, and you can create something that helps farmers, and it's just brilliant. I think I, I think the beach buggy is a fantastic car. I've, I've 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 tried to justify why I should buy and build a beach buggy so many times, and my friend who doesn't live that far from here builds, um, he he molds them and so really? sells the
1: kits yeah are they manx replicas
0: they are mere manx um uh, replicas and, and of course you'll do them in any kind of color you want i mean the 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 color palette's just amazing do you want do you want metal flake magenta with gold sprinkles yes actually i think, <laughs> I, think I would i absolutely because the more outrageous the better i think with those sorts of things because there's some really cool pictures of old buggies. the one that um Jimmy Hendrix had a beach buggy, and like no one looks cooler in a beach buggy than Jimmy Hendrix. Oh, maybe Steve McQueen, but Steve McQueen never yeah, smiles. But, I mean, so let's be Jim- honest.
1: I think Jimmy Hendrix could be in a Deu Espero and still look pretty cool. So it's not <laughs> a, you know, he's really just sort of gilding the coolness by being in a beach buggy. Yeah, I realise I've been in a beach buggy more recently than the one that I drove in Norfolk because um, TV's James May got the beach buggy that um, he had built for a Grand Tour special. Uh, when they went to Namibia, and he oh, had yeah. it brought back to the UK and, and fixed up, and he has it as a
0: oh, he still uh, owns his it cars,
1: yeah. And when it arrived, it, it was it was fixed up by uh, the the guys who'd built it for him, and delivered to the office. And he and I went for a little zoom round the block in where our office was in Chiswick. On uh, a slightly drizzly day, and it, it was amusing, but not that amusing. Also, it stank of petrol, and I find it very hard to relax in a car that smells strongly of petrol. So, um, All be picky. What? Well, and yet, and yet, you
0: really like Daimler Double Sixes. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, okay. they, don't, they,
1: they don't. I mean, I think they probably smell of petrol in the way that an alcoholic smells of booze. You know, it's just like they smell of it because they consume so much of it. They just use it. Yeah, I'm using
0: it constantly. I've
1: looked on Car and Classic, and there are two Maharis for sale, and I'm staggered at how expensive they are. They're both 70s ones. They're ridiculous. Um, They're ridiculous. Yeah, money. I had no idea. Yeah. One is a 1973 Citroen Mahari, fully restored, Golf... I can't say Golf. It. Golf. 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 Golf chassis. noise. Golf Golf noise. Oh. It's got a Pete Sparrow BMW motorcycle engine conversion making 90 horsepower. Well, that's just too much, isn't it? That's a a shed load. For Christ's sake. Probably weighs about 200 kilos. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The other one, uh, well, well, by the way, that 73 Mahari with a motorbike engine and 90 horsepower is um, 15 grand. Yeah. There's a 1972 Mahari, uh, fully rebuilt with a new body. Uh, I love it when adverts say things like this. It says, 1972 Mahari rebuilt over the last two years. This car is like new, almost too good to use. I'll be the judge of that. Did you see
0: that? By the way, did you you see that 70s 911, which is in auction right now uh, with 580 miles on the clock? Original. No. Yeah. I saw it. It was on... um, uh i couldn't believe it it's orange it's a targa i think it's um early 70s 911 target it's done 580 miles from new bloody hell it's a total total time capsule
1: car trouble is though i don't want that because it's like 911s they they're built to be used it feels like that'll just be I mean, i'm sure you could recommission it but it's just like why did no one drive it it's just stupid um Maybe that's just me. I don't know. The
0: problem with cars that are really low mileage like that, like hyper low mileage, is you can't really use them because the entire value of it is the fact that it's done such a stupidly low. Because I nearly bought a Granada once that was very minorly fire damaged, but it had done 129 miles from new. Oh, my
1: God. So, hang on, hang hang on, hang on. Sorry, just you distracted me with the low mileage, but I realised I'd glossed past the fact that you said uh, you said fire damaged.
0: It was uh, sorry. I think there's a military aircraft going over my house. Hang on. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Oh, it's okay. It's only, it's not that loud. Um, Yeah, I found it on eBay. Mark 1 Granada, two-litre Pinto um, manual in that lovely green, like the one I used to have. It had been stored in a warehouse from new by a dealer, and the warehouse next door had caught fire. And it had got some singe damage. So not proper fire damage, but singe damage. So the rear lights were melted, The re- some of the paint on the boot lid was, and the parcel shelf and the rear window rubber mm. had melted. But it had 129 miles on the clock. I mean, it still had all the labels and the engine bay of, like, the ones you get, with, you know, with the elastic bands and the tags. Mm. It still had all of that. I mean, it was spooky, and I tried to buy it, and... Um, I couldn't quite agree on a price, but also in 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 hindsight, I was like, "But the thing is, is if I bought it and put new lights on it and did the paint repair on the boot, I had, I've got a hundred and twenty nine mile Mark One Granada. What am I ever going to do with it? Am I going to just slowly put miles on it, or am I just going
1: to sit and look at it? That's the problem, isn't it? That you're right. That a car like that becomes defined by its freakishly low mileage. Yeah, and so it does. it's just, it's like. I mean, they become like sort of circus freaks, don't they? Because yeah, then it, it's, it's in your interest, you know, sort of a grown person who looks like a child. You, as the <laughs> circus owner, then have to try and maintain this. It's a bit like when Aled Jones's voice broke. he, he there, there was
0: no longer any interest in him. He lost his USP, didn't he? Well, he did lose his USP, and I think...
1: It's a shame, but it's kind of the truth. Alan Jones, the low-mileage Granada.
0: If you bought that 911 with 580 miles on the clock Mm. and you didn't own like a a glass case-style beautiful showroom or, I don't know, you didn't have it in the middle of your lounge, and you thought, I'm going to put a couple of hundred miles on it every month, soon that would be a 2,500-mile car, which is still ultra-low, but everyone would remember it as the 580-mile Porsche. Yeah. So where
1: where does it where does it end, Richard? Well it just it, it ends with that car never being but used ever and then that's a complete no, waste of a card. It's
0: entombed. It's entombed. Yeah.
1: But you know what, in, in other news,
0: I was thinking the other day, do you think Vin Diesel is gonna get banned from inner city areas?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no Because it's is, fine. He, is he is a Euro he, is he Euro six compliant? He's he's, th- th- he's gonna be fitted with various filters. It'll be fine.
0: Do you think, if he has to do a red carpet event in London, he's got to have all kinds of strangulation equipment, he's got to have some sort of veil over his mouth?
1: Well, yeah, I mean...
0: Uh, uh, or is he going to invent a
1: new energy drink called Add Blue? Yeah, and, <laughs> he just uh, keeps swigging from he just what keeps... is actually piss uh, to clean <laughs> up his emissions. On the one hand, he's
0: got protein shakes and, I don't know, blue steaks being consumed. And on the other hand, he's trying to just drown it all the specialist drink that allows him to walk around city areas. It's very confusing uh, for a lot of
1: people because for years they were told that the best movie star for them was Vin Diesel. And and now it's like they feel like that Vin Diesel is being taxed quite heavily. Uh, oh, They don't know what to do. But of course for a lot of film watchers uh, Vin Diesel is still the most economical way to enjoy a extremely muscular bald man <laughs> who... Whispers a lot. He has got quite
0: a husky voice. I'm wondering if it's due to emissions because the larynx is a little dry. Do you not think? I think his particulates. He's getting a little bit claggy with age. (laughs) Do you think he needs his (laughs) filter (laughs) cleaned? We
1: should find out if um, if if his check engine light has come on.
0: Oh no, he's going. He's gone into limp home mode during several productions, and the insurance payout's been ridiculous. Because they're halfway through a production and Vin's like, I can't do anything at normal speed at the moment. You're just going to have to bear with me. I'm a bit clogged up. Uh, there's somebody that, I, I, that we both know in the industry that I, I do work with here and there mm-hmm. and who refers to white wine as lady petrol. And I thought Vin Diesel needs to diversify. Vin's, Vin's yard, right, could be his
1: wine label. And he could do <laughs> Vin's lady. <laughs> hang vin, on. hang on, hang, on, hang lady. on. You're, you're walking what? right past an open goal here. Vin... What? Vin's vin, yard. Van Du Vin. Yeah, that's what I mean. Va, like va, So Vin, Van, Vin, Vin Blank, and Vin Rouge. Yeah, ex- exactly. Or vi, Vin's,
0: Vin's lady petrol. It, it's like he's 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 offsetting <laughs> his his dieselness. <laughs> By selling Lady Petrol,
1: I don't know what you're saying.
0: <laughs> I was up late
1: last night. Were you? I was up late. Yeah, I was up late. Really, really. Have you had a late. bit of coffee this morning?
0: Not enough, unfortunately. I'm, we're running a little bit low, and um, but my and luckily because this is a podcast, you can't see my eyes, but they're a bit stingy and small. Um, but yeah, v- Vin- Van's. Van Vin's
1: van. Van Van de Vin. Van Van, van de Vin. Van.
0: van Vin. So it's not about. It's about. <laughs> I I just I want, I want Vin Diesel. I want Vin Diesel to come out in a new film called Euro Six. I just want his latest film to be called Euro Seven or Euro Six. What are we on right now for Diesel? It so is Euro Six. To yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. One you man's sh- struggle your-
1: to be allowed into city centres.
0: He's like, you've got to let me back into the centre of Paris. (laughs) Give me my freedom. Let me just walk in.
1: Ends up disguising himself as a 20 year old petrol powered (laughs) Renault Twingo with severe panel damage throughout to get into Paris in order to save his daughter or something. I don't know. (laughs) That's, well, there's a premise okay. for film. Uh, Vin Diesel is a man who uh, needs to go and save his daughter from the centre of a major European city, but can't because he's banned on account of his emissions.
0: There we go, and that's what it's about. He either he's got so many opportunities. Does he? Does he disguise himself? Does he invent an energy drink that just happens to be blue that helps his gut? <laughs> oh, there's another thing that's really the, the, it's an ongoing issue that's been bugging me, mm-hmm. um, and we and we did. Someone brought this up on social media recently, and I feel we've got to revisit it for the podcast. By Um, the
1: way, because people keep bringing things up on social media, and I keep forgetting. I need to start writing things down, because there have been some questions. Tell me about it. I'll tell you another good one, just before I forget, because I I just looked at this uh, a few days ago. Someone in our... the YouTube comments for one of our podcasts, the last one actually about the the Ineos Grenadier, uh, said uh, you've got to look at this footage of uh, the 1970s version of a which was the Landmaster, and i would completely <laughs> forgotten about this. The Landmaster, another, yeah, and it was this. Um, it was made in the West Country. It was like in Cornwall or Devon or somewhere. And it was it was another obvious sort of defender, although they weren't defenders in those days. Sort of lookalike. Um yeah and they only made like three of them or something three really? yeah i think it had a it had an american ladder chassis and um and and it looked very like Land Rover series look Did it look- Yeah, the Landmaster. I've never heard of that. And there's one for sale. Like, bear in mind, they, they, they sold a handful. There's one on eBay at the moment.
0: I, I need to investigate this, because I had no idea that it even existed.
1: Yeah, it was created in the 70s, but, it well, because I, I, I saw this <clears> and I was like, now, I've seen these before. I have a feeling this was one of those ones where its technical production life was about 10 or 12 years, but they only made three. It was Because I'm sure it was still around in the 80s, because I, I think I saw it in an 80s car magazine. And sure enough, this one that's on Land. eBay appears to be B-Reg, so it's, it's an 85. Yeah, well, yeah 84, 85. So.
0: Do you need... Um, we, I think Landwind, Chinese company Landwind, should buy the company outright and then could just have the Landmaster, the Landwind Landmaster.
1: I sort of feel like Landwind, if they wanted to call something Landmaster, wouldn't buy the company. They'd just crack on
0: yeah perhaps perhaps
1: yeah anyway sorry what were you saying about social media questions
0: oh yeah what was i talking about um oh lyrics in a lot of modern rap and grime at the moment referring to
1: range rovers as rovers yeah it's endlessly amusing isn't it
0: it's it's i i just feel like somebody needs to draw their attention to the fact that it, it doesn't work because as soon as you shorten it it becomes a totally different vehicle and in some cases deeply embarrassing (laughs) but as someone like you and i who are car weirdos um maybe of a certain age i just can't stop thinking about i mean there's there's a there's a track out right now called rover by simba featuring dtg well it's actually called rover it's called rover and he just talks about his, his range Rover sport basically and how do you and know a it's a
1: sport?
0: Well, I think, I, I'll tell you why. Wait there. I'm going to bring the lyrics up because I found the lyrics is it, because I was
1: Is it bored. because he, um, he, he makes reference to the style of gear selector that it has and it's, it's the sporty Jaguar F-Type. One rather than the it's the rotary one. It's the rotary one. Well, it's a rotary one. That's a full size Range Rover, then, isn't it? But it's also a weird thing to get bogged down in in a in a, in a lyric. But
0: well, here we go. So this, this is called yeah. This is Simba, and he spells the instead of an I, it's a one, like a number plate. And on oh. the on the on the on the cover of his um of the single it is him in a i think that's um, actually could be a range rover svr a white svr but a symbol featuring dtg who just sounds like a made-up gearbox yeah but um (laughs) he's i mean
1: there's some he's from
0: swindon apparently i didn't even know that i've just found
1: that out yeah because it's one thing uh, because this rover thing it's like americans have called range rovers rovers for years because they've forgotten about Rover, but it's and it's one thing for an American artist to do that because they don't know any better. But for a UK artist, I mean, I say that, but obviously, it's quite a few. It's quite a few at the moment. You could legitimately have a recording career now and not really remember Rover because they disappeared in two thousand and five. It's like if you're eighteen. Rover that's ceased to exist when you were three so why you, you so who cares oh, i forgot about that yeah it doesn't even impinge on you, you but
0: you might you might catch me in a four by four that's a clover you might catch me in a rover yeah or you might catch me on my motorola yeah yeah what? yeah well, yeah now, I mean, again i mean
1: how many motorolas exist these days that's just stupid that's just oh shit what else rhymes um uh uh, Grover from Sesame Street. Now
0: Grover, yeah. Grover's good, yeah. Um, Shorty Shorty said she coming with her brethren' because she saw a young something rude word pull up in a rover. Now she <laughs> again, says she want to come over, <laughs> yeah. But I don't want no love. I just want to make the moolah-la, yeah. The moolah, the moolah. I just want to make the moolah. <laughs> got them all screaming, oh, la, la, yeah. And Shorty you know they she look like, like my kind
1: their... of chicks because I saw she'd got a 216. Well, exactly 16 volve got something in my pants you think she can guess gonna take a ride in her 820 vitesse see there you
0: go immediately i'm in we could do this i'm well- not just pointing the
1: finger at simba there are other artists uh, referring to range rovers as just rovers the one that i first noticed was a few years ago do you remember that track closer by the chain smokers which was the oh, baby? Yes. Baby, pull me closer in pull the backseat of your a- rover, and it was like backseat of your rover. What it was it, it like a like a four hundred and twenty GSI that I know you
0: can't afford? Bite that tattoo on my shoulder. What that you can't afford? We go. Hang on. If you if I bought a really clean four hundred and twenty now, what would it be? Seven hundred quid? Yeah. Eight hundred quid? Yeah, yeah. You can't afford that. I know. How do you it's afford right.
1: to run a car? Yeah. How are you How are you recording this song? I mean, it's just, yeah. yeah. I, do you know, it's, it's also just reminded me that, that um, when we started making the grand tour for Amazon, uh, someone from Amazon in the US was really keen for us to make some viral sort of teasers for the show involving other celebrities. And they were slightly obsessed with this. And they, they came to us one day and they went, oh, I've got some good news. I have a, I have a contact uh, management for the chain smokers. You may have heard of them. And we thought it'd be really funny to have the hosts talking to the chain smokers because the irony is the chain smokers don't actually smoke, but the hosts do. And that would be really funny. Uh, and we had to go um, – Well, Uh... not all of the hosts smoke, and also that's not funny anyway. (laughs) 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 They were absolutely serious. It's, It's kind of ironic that chain smokers don't actually smoke but the hosts it, could pretend they think they do, and that's why they've got them in. And why? Uh, why would you do uh, that?
0: stop. stop. You was could have talked to them about the Rover. You could have had Jeremy oh, pulling up a, in a 420 GSR. Yeah. <laughs> and gone, look, I can afford this, and yeah. no, I'm going to make love to a woman in the back of
1: it. £670, Nightfire Red, <laughs> original alloys. The interior is a bit scruffy. Ironically, it does smell of smoke. <laughs>
0: Jay's May rolls up in a Metro Tahiti. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. It's still a
1: rover. What would Hammond pull up in? Um I think he would may he go have old gone, school? He may have gone a bit old school, he'd have liked P4 and like, oh, no, uh, actually Joe do, he does like a vintagey sort of car. He might have gone P four, yeah.
0: Yeah, I could see him with a nice clean P four with the old fold down walnut tables in the back. Chainsmokers are gonna be all over that.
1: There was an old man who used to live on the same road as me growing up, um, who was not, not like the one on your road that you were talking about last week, With because uh, I don't think this guy was a heavy drinker, but he lived oh, in one the of faux, those... The faux colonel. Yeah, but this guy lived in one of those old people's houses where the front garden is sort of incredibly overgrown with massive trees that were probably saplings when they bought the place and have now sort of encroached so much there must be no natural light coming into the front <laughs> window so you know this kind sort of house I mean it's, it's...
0: I know exactly it, and it would transform it if you had about 20 minutes with a chainsaw yeah well that's what happened
1: yeah. the, the old chap eventually died some people bought the house and the first thing they did was they cut the trees right back and it like transformed not just the house but that bit of the road Um, but this old guy used to have a P4 and I've never driven a Rover P4, but my memory of that car is that they, there was a sort of gearbox noise they make, and yeah, trans wine. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not even a wine as such. It's not high pitched. It's sort of mid pitch, and I remember you just hear him setting off. It always sounded like those cars were incredibly low geared, like they 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 were. Like imagine a sort of twenty one speed mountain bike, and you put it in one. and how much pedalling you have to do to move at anything more than (laughs) a a, a glacial pace. It felt to me like the Rover P4 had that sort of gearing. But it probably had a three-speed manual gearbox, didn't it? Maybe four. I think it might have been three, three three-speed manual, yeah. Maybe even three on a tree. um, Yeah, it could have been. Three on the tree. I'm not very good at those lingos. but um, Yeah, and it was really sort of... Oh, man. It's still only doing four miles an hour. How is this possible? <laughs> but that is a that was a quality
0: Rover. You know, that was when Rover mm. were, were, were actually quite fine motor cars. And yeah, so yeah. The chain smokers could legitimately be blown away by that. If you've got a mint P4 and you sat in the back with that beautiful kind of uh, tucked leather mm. and the walnut veneers, I think it would have a very nice kind of graceful smell to it probably <laughs> quite a lot of petrol
1: <laughs> a graceful
0: smell <laughs> i don't know a good smell of grandeur could be could be a smell of grandeur I, I i'm thinking i don't know i feel like there should be there should be some intervention with 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 grime and rap artists referring to Range Rovers
1: as Rovers, I just think it can't
0: quite go on.
1: Yeah, it's not even opening up a lot of rhyming possibilities, is it? i, I was just trying to think. Well, what as you've, as they, you've just found out, if as they you, said rangy instead, well, I more mean, mangy. Obviously, is the mangy. first thing. It's <laughs> 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 just like,
0: oh, what a very a badly kept dog.
1: <laughs> Get up on him, my rangy. I'm sorry, this coat smells mangy. Well, I I, I already prefer that to Rover Defender. Yeah, opens up a bit more rhyming, I think.
0: Oh, so maybe when the new def- well, a new Defender's being wheeled out as we speak, isn't it? I've seen a couple of privately owned ones on the road. Mm. So do you think they're going to... Because I, I think you can shorten it to Death. Maybe def. En- Ender. Does anybody ender. call the Land Rover an Ender?
1: Probably not, but no. they might. They might. Well, do you know, Discovery is probably a- another obvious avenue because Disco... But then I of can't course. imagine many R&B artists or any kind of urban music singer, performer wanting to be in a new shape Discovery. It's not quite setting the right tone, is it? It would
0: be, it would be Defender. It would be Murdered Out Defender or full-fat mm. full, full SVR-type territory, wouldn't it? What if you were a very fair.
1: fiscally prudent urban music artist and you just had a Discovery <laughs> Sport and the front-wheel drive one as well so because it's more economical?
0: Fiscally, what was that again? Fiscally what? Fiscally
1: prudent, you know, someone who's a bit sensible with money. I love that. A prudent grime artist. Yeah. Like,
0: I love that. Um, and instead of singing about just excessive
1: expenditure, it's the opposite. Yeah. Still live with my parents because it saves me a lot of money.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm I've got like Martin Lawrence on Speed Dial from Money Saving Expert.
1: (laughs) No, not Martin Lawrence. Martin I'm sorry, what's his name
0: (laughs) Martin Lewis, is it? Martin Lewis. He might have Martin Lawrence on Speed dial as well. He's from Bad Boys. (laughs) Isn't he? He might have from (laughs) Martin Lawrence from Money Saving Expert. No, not really. Oh man.
1: Um. <laughs> oh. got a disco sport got the dealer to throw in some bits got <coughs> mutty on speed dial with mortgage tips oh yeah there we go you can do this you can yeah. do this fiscally shit. fiscally prudence uh, probably just is, is his stage name <laughs> fiscal prudence like, or maybe that's the name of the album fiscal prudence sounds yeah. really good What'll Money Saver, track? spelled S A V A, and his his debut album, Fiscal Prudence, and it's just...
0: <laughs> oh yeah. So he thinks like S V R stands for Saver, not not a high end range. rover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> saver, yeah, saver. So always goes gets the reduced food late at night. So he always he he. he <laughs> <laughs> It'll run into M&S at about 8pm. He grabs himself, really high-end dinner for a quarter of the price. Bang, there we go. The, the yellow label's on it. I'm in, I'm grabbing it, I'm out. Yeah, he's a
1: very economical driver. Oh, completely. never uses kickdown on an auto box. Slip streaming Ever. coaches when I'm on long runs. Pay off my credit card bill as soon as it comes.
0: <laughs> See? You've built this character already. You're in. This
1: is working. This shit writes itself.
0: Man, it was my twelfth wedding anniversary last week, and um, had a bit of an argument uh, that day. So I thought I'm just going to go in the lounge and um, watch just uh, one of those old films that I haven't seen for ages. And I watched because I've been thinking about it, and I can't remember why I'd thought about it. But I watched Forty Eight
1: Hours with Eddie Murphy and Nick <laughs> Nolte.
0: Wow, what a what a film! Wait, what wait, a film!
1: Wait, please. It was your what? wedding anniversary. You had a row with your wife on your wedding anniversary, so you went and watched 48 Hours with Eddie Murphy yes. on your own. <laughs> I did at night, yeah. But the problem was, because I
0: thought she wasn't going to be coming in for a while, uh, she came in about 15 minutes after it started and just oh. lo- looked at him and went, what, what, what's this? I went, oh, well, it's, it's a film called 48 Hours. It's like what made Eddie Murphy famous before Beverly Hills Cop. She's just like it just looks rubbish and old. I went, no, it's really good. It's really funny. I mean, it, it, there's some racism in it, but a, but if you ignore that, it's quite a good film. Uh, anyway, we watched it. Well, I watched it, <laughs> and um, and uh, the thing that that I I love about that film, <clears throat> apart from the fact Eddie Murphy's just on fire, is Nick Nolte, and it's so sweary, and he drives this Cadillac convertible that's that is. So tortured throughout. I've never seen auto gearbox punishment like that that he does in Forty Eight Hours. We're talking full light like, neutral sl- uh, parking slams. Oh. We're talking. I mean, you'd hate it. It gets it gets it gets started up and ripped into D within about a thousandth of a second of the engine catching. I mean, it's really thrashed to pieces. I feel like you need to watch it. I feel like
1: again. I feel like I you do. Have... I tell you what. Um, Funny enough, it's uh, it's my wedding anniversary coming up, so I will engineer an argument with my wife on that day, and uh, and then I'll settle down to watch. Um, and of course, there's a Porsche
0: Speedster in it, covered in dust. So that's it's worth watching it just for that.
1: I feel top movie tips there from Mark Smith mode.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Mark's uh, Kerr mode, yeah. yeah. Sports mode, uh, eco mode. Mark's
1: sports mode?
0: <laughs> no, eco, it'd be, it'd be eco, eco mode, wouldn't it? You know, uh,
1: Mark's sports mode, Britain's jerkiest high rev holding film reviewer. What
0: That's you, what he's not. What did you not, think though?
1: of the movie, Mark? Well,
0: I thought it was very good. <laughs> change up, change up while you're speaking. <laughs> I can't have sports mode! <laughs> I'm ready I'm ready for any Throttle inputs That you're going to put in I'm ready I'm always ready Like a police driver
1: All right, well, anyway, uh, it's probably time to wrap this up. Uh, We are here every Monday morning. Join us again next time. We'll find out if Johnny's marriage has survived another argument after which he sat down to watch, I don't know, Coming to America or something.
0: (laughs) Well, no, I'm going to watch another 48 Hours. of
1: course, there's a sequel. (laughs) There's there's rows to spare. Um, Brilliant. Well, in the meantime, uh, thank you for listening to Smith & Sniff, the podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. If you feel like it And uh, also watch Johnny's Car Pervert YouTube channel Where he does uh, excellent solo things And if you really are desperate Go to Amazon and you can buy The medium sized book of Boring car trivia which is something I wrote During lockdown to stave Off boredom and insanity
0: I think you've, you've surmised it all Fantastically there Rich
1: I don't feel like I'm getting any better at these But
0: anyway there we go if anyone has any, any subjects that you, you have a burning desire for us to cover in Smith & Sniff, please comment on either the YouTube video or um, on social media and we will try and just witter on about it if we yeah. can.
1: Uh, we're both on Twitter Johnny is at carpervert I'm at sniffpetrol oh, and, and that handle is yours across social media isn't it so, 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 so social media. media so please anytime you feel like it post your social media questions and we will probably forget to answer them but you never know give it a try uh, you can find out next week until then thank <laughs> you for listening bye goodbye social media